sir. That's an OG. I, I said I was going to put this on for you. <laughs> let the folks know. Like, this is, this is an OG rendering right yeah. here. But let's up. Uh, what's going on, world? What's going on, world? Hello, world. Hello, world. It's your boy, Trey. Your local neighborhood therapist and social worker. Uh, Retro underscore GT. Back for the G Taylor show. Um, we're back. Got another special guest coming on here, man. Make sure y'all go like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, shoot, iHeartRadio. Any type of digital streaming platform, we should be on that. And if not, I, like I said, please let me know, and I will reach out and figure out, get us on there, man. Um, hope you've been liking the episodes. Hope you've been liking the interviews that's been happening um, so far. Been getting a lot of good feedback um, from our interviews and just randomly selecting people. I'm not even just – I don't have a formula. I don't have no no algorithm. I'm just randomly selecting people that I feel like I want to talk to and that I'm intrigued by. You know what I'm saying? So, um Again, this is the G Taylor show, the new rebrand. Everything has been going smooth. Make sure y'all make sure y'all tap and type in that in. The G Taylor show. We're also on YouTube on the Refresh Virginia as well for the whole full interview and video clips as well. Um so make sure y'all go on YouTube, subscribe to the page, like, share, comment, things like that. But I got one of my good friends in the building for this interview today. Um y'all might have seen him around in DC if y'all in the district, seen him around doing different types of events in the area. Um, one of the biggest events is called the Get Home, Get Home Safe. Uh, I've been a part of that as well. Um, but you might know him from the Velvet Lounge, right, as a security yeah, yeah. or any, any some of the um, the clubs yeah. out there. And you might see him. You can't miss him. He's always going to give out good I was hugs. Outside. Things. He was outside with everybody. Yeah. So um, I would like to welcome my good friend and my homie, um, Dwight Juice Jones, to the podcast Brother Juice, what's going on, brother? How you yo, doing? Yo, 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 what's good, man? I am good, man. Another day in the office. How you doing? I'm all right, man. It's too, ain't too bad for a Friday. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Chilling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The coffee's starting to finally Oh, get. okay. All right. I, I hope that thing don't send you to the bathroom, man. You know, that's what coffee does, man. It clear people out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It keeps you very regular. That's right away. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, man, so I'm happy that you got a chance to go on. So I'm a real little small story. I wanted to bring you on originally mm-hmm. the first more than my credentials. Really? Right? Wow. Okay. But I was trying to insert, and then it just – I had too many, oh. <laughs> too many guests. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me just mm-hmm. relax. Cause a lot of people, you know, wanted to come on. And so I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double back. And we, we do a lot of conversations anyway, have – dialogue so i was like i gotta get juice on here we gotta have conversation so i'm glad that you are on mm-hmm. here sir nah, i appreciate you man yeah. appreciate you man i'm glad i'm glad to have you man glad you guys got me on today yeah absolutely so tell the people a little bit about who you are um what you do and what you're about and i'm gonna go into these questions real quick. okay uh my name is dwight juice jones i do business as juice jones i own a company called get home safe we're a mental health and wellness outreach program in dc we've done events in dc philly and new york uh we're about educating the community on four different topics uh adhd suicidal ideations depression and anxiety um and the format in which we approach the topics are what is it who does it affect how are these people handling it how is it treated and what can we do as a community mm. Yeah, you know how I just slid that fifth one in I like there. The prong approach. Appreciate you. I, I see what you appreciate see you. What you That's always on. the approach. That's always the approach. <laughs> so we do sit down interviews with folks. We've done community outreach. We've done events. Uh, in 2019, we were one of the first companies in DC 
to be doing mental health outreach before BetterHelp and all these bigger platforms. And it was just about, you know, uh, creating a platform for folks to be able to shop for their therapist. So uh, one of the first events we did was Mental Health Monday. And the whole moniker of that year was we bring the therapist to the function. So we actually had events where folks could come and shop for therapists. And that was one of the first times you and I worked together. Yeah, absolutely. That was your birthday weekend, right? When I first, well, my birthday weekend one. was in March. So that's when we made Get Home Safe a thing. But the very first event we did was Mental Health Monday. So for the first three months, it was called Mental Health Monday. Yeah, and then it evolved yeah, yeah. into Get Home Safe. Shout out to Ryan and Coop for the branding and the naming. And the reason that we named it that was because at my job while running Velvet Lounge from about 2012, 2013 to present, I was telling people get home safe for years. So every single person who left out of the establishment, I was like, hey, get home safe. Get home safe. Thank you for coming through. Get home safe. And like that was just the neighborhood thing that was happening before we actually started doing mental health events. I always wondered what the where we got the name from mm-hmm. from Get Home Safe. I just never had a chance to ask you for some reason, but mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Coop. Shout out to um Ryan, man. Um. Definitely. Um. Dope individuals to help you know uplift with this this um the movement as well. Um. Let's go back to that first time when I met uh, when I met you because initially when Ryan brought me on mm-hmm. to bring the therapist to the function, I didn't know what we was doing, but I'm a community guy at heart realistically yeah. i like doing things outside of the box so i was like well, i heard about it. i was like this is a perfect opportunity um and i thought it was also another a great place where to you know meet people where they are at mm-hmm. now it could kind of get distracting at times but i've had those conversations with some folks there mm-hmm. who are come there to maybe you know maybe mix and mingle yeah but also like okay it's a therapist in the, the side or some resources here and they could take to the side especially for us as people like we kind of just may might not want it front facing mm-hmm but we will take the card or we'll take the resource and keep moving. Yeah. But um, I remember when, like, when I first met you, I was like, who is this guy here? <laughs> and then I'm coming like, then I was like, so I met you, dapped you up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, then kind of realizing on the backside, like how much instrumental you were a part of this and how you were the brainchild in the sense of how making these things, you know, move. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was dope. And then, then kind of learn about your story. We'll talk more about that, the story, get home safe more in, in depth. But I just thought like, I never knew, how deeply entrenched it was and getting to this point where we at now Mm -hmm. in our relationship, how that, how much that has grown. I didn't even foresee that. Yeah. Thinking back to that first day when I walked up those stairs and you was checking the tickets and sitting on the thing Mm -hmm. and for everybody getting, I was like, who was this? (laughs) And I I feel like I'm a pretty big guy, but I was like, yo, I get dwarfed. And I was like, yo, snap, they got real security. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Zeus is the Zeus is the one behind the scenes making all this happen. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, you know what's hilarious is the first yeah. time Ryan um had you, um who who did we do it with? It was you, it was Christian, and who was the last Christian person? And hip. and hip, right? Hip. He didn't. He told me that he was going to get some of his therapist friends to be a part of what we had going on, but I never saw anybody's profile. So the night you guys came, that was the first time I saw everyone. I knew everyone's names. I got introductions. Everything happened that first night for everything that we were putting together. And what's ironic is the very first event we did was actually in an art space that was over in Eastern Market, D.C., which was super dope. So the first event we did was a non-alcoholic event, right? Because everyone had like reservations on like, hey, 
are you sure you want people to be drinking alcohol and approaching therapists to shop for their therapists? And what we notice is the first event was everyone shopping. They saw the energy and they were excited. And then the next thing we did was like a Taco Tuesday event. And I didn't realize you were yeah. coming from far. I thought you were like close by. So every time you pulled up, yeah. I said, oh, my man got us. And then when I when we got closer and I realized in the relationship, oh, my man driving from kind of far to pull up for these. That's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how long, how long yeah. is that drive from where you are in Virginia? Is it like an hour and a half, something like that? That's an hour and a half or an hour. It could be two, depending on the yeah. Track, you know what I'm saying two, three. And to me, I was like, that is yeah. crazy because I'm like, you know, you don't when you start working with people, especially when it comes to mental health outreach, you don't measure the person's sacrifice, right? The first thing we think about is, hey, am I working with people that are gonna show up? And if they stop showing up, what's changed? Right. And in our work, mm-hmm. it's like, nah, you you do have to measure like, hey, how far out is someone coming from? What are they taking yeah. time from in order to make this happen? Do they have a platform that's built already? And what are you doing to help foster that platform itself? And, right. you know, I think mutually we've been great friends to each other. Uh, I'm so glad I was able to make it to your book signing when you did your book release. Right. I'm glad I got to meet your family in a different capacity outside of like, just the mental health things that we've done. And you, you've been amazing as a person and a brother, even if we're just sitting down to chat about like, hey, which yeah. way is the wind blowing in the years that we're doing? Because like, yeah. I don't think mental health content is for everybody. You feel what I'm saying? There are right. certain people where yeah. I think it's really okay to just live your life as a person who's a therapist and not have to put yourself out there when it comes to the platform that you're creating. But with the platform mm-hmm. that I've created, I would like to plug people in like, I just did an amazing interview with a family therapist, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think with my platform being called Get Home Safe, I would have been had a family therapist on, but right. but I didn't have access to someone who just does mainly family therapy. And that right. was an amazing discussion. We talked about abuse. We talked about therapists and how they're trained to handle abuse, whether it comes to adults versus children. Um, we right. talked about, you know, being bilingual as a therapist who's black, what does that look like in the community? Getting paid more for being bilingual, just existing. Um, we right. talked about the power of, hey, you don't need a master's degree if you actually want to make more money as a therapist, because most places aren't going to pay you more if you have a master's or a doctorate. So it looks good on paper when you're writing books or you're doing literatures or pieces of work or media. But outside of that, these people aren't really going to be in a rush to pay you more money for your credentials. So you do have to be careful and measure out, hey, when I do something, am I getting paid on the front end for the benefit or is this a plan on the back end for the benefit? Which is really interesting because right. like most people, when you get that paperwork as a doctor or a master's, you do it to get more money. And it's like, wait, so you're in this profession that makes all this money right now. And even though it's painted as it makes a lot of money. It's actually, hey, you get paid for who you served and how much you serve, and that's a lot. Yeah, expect, expectations come with that sometimes, and I mm-hmm. think sometimes with the credentials and the, the degrees, we might have a higher expectation yeah. than what might be reality at times, mm-hmm. right? Like you can get your LCSW and get your whoa, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Training. If you say LCSW, you got to define it. You can't just you can't just spray those words across the screen. 
Oh, oh, no, no. See, my audience knows what LCS does. Yeah, but my audience so, doesn't, though. <laughs> they should at this point. Anyways, LCSW is Licensed Clinical Social mm-hmm. Worker. That's some one of the licenses that we can get in the mental health space. But, like, if the thing about it is that, mm-hmm. like, and I'm doing a, I'm doing a uh, marketing event with my home, my guy, uh, Michael Fulwiler, on the 23rd to help therapists and mental health professionals land their, like, ideal client, yeah. right? Just because we get the credentials doesn't mean you're going to get clients. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or work in that population. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think that is a valid, valid response because I think sometimes we think, okay, well, I just get the LCSW, mm-hmm. the license, the degrees, mm-hmm. they will come. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true because there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. might have that degree or the title, or there might be somebody of more experience mm-hmm. with a little bit more specialties, mm-hmm. a couple of trainings, and don't have that. But yeah have the experience and can get that position for you. So I think that is something that is kind of unwritten or untold mm-hmm. at times, you know, or the people who may have them. misused the title. And now that you have the yeah. title, your experience with that, with your clients that you're trying to reach out to in that population, isn't digested correctly because someone dropped the ball and you had no clue about those receipts. Absolutely. No, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, so, so moving along, moving along with everything, mm-hmm. Like I said, you got this platform. You got to get home safe. And that was one of the things. We talked about the out, out, like the get home safe events with the alcohol or beverages, mm-hmm. things like that. And I was like, there is a point to that. But I think there is also, like, again, resources, kind of, um, mm-hmm. we'll say, uh, harm reduction, if anything, mm-hmm. right? I remember having a conversation with a brother that was struggling with some substance abuse and mental health issues there. Mm-hmm. But we was able to have a conversation in that public space, in that public space, yeah. full of vibes. Yeah. Like you got to think about yeah. it. This what what yeah. we did was technically a movie, right? You have the event. Mm-hmm. You got someone. Can I curse on your platform? Should I be careful of cursing? You go ahead. Yes. You go guys, ahead. you got go someone ahead. shaking ass in the corner right there, right? You got a bartender serving drinks right there, right? And then you got all the therapists that we're working with. The three therapists we're working with. You guys have a line of folks from the bar where tacos are being served all the way to the back of the room by the DJ booth because people wanted to talk to you guys so badly for that event that we did. There was like a line of 20-something people, 20-something people who I knew every single one of them except for three people in the room. And I thought about that. I thought about, oh, Everyone was waiting for something like this to happen. No one in the community was actually taking care of this need that I guess was a topic here and there, but it wasn't really, no one was willing to step up and handle the situation. And I just happened to come up with a concept because of my loss. Like remember everything that we did with Get Home Safe and Mental Health Monday, that was born from loss. That was born from, I did the best that I could for my friend. And even though she passed away, I didn't want people to repeat what I had gone through or at least not have the tools to be in a better position than I was. Right. And it felt risky with alcohol in the room, but I did want to normalize where can you shop for a therapist? I wanted to normalize when you think of mental health, it's appropriate to think of getting help no matter where you are. When you're having a good time, it's okay to be think like, you know what? Maybe I should go get help. When I'm at home chilling in bed, you know what? Maybe I should go think about getting help. If I'm, you know, in the morning cooking my favorite breakfast sandwich, right? 
maybe maybe it's okay to go and get some help. And yeah, I had a I have a very strong background in entertainment when it comes to running establishments in DC from about 2012, 2013 till now. And I was like, how do I leverage my name? and my relationship with this community that I've built for so many years, and how do I help the people that don't yet know they need help or have always been curious about what would me receiving help from a friend and an associate look like, and can I trust these people who've only poured alcohol and showed me a good time? Yeah, I I think that's a, and again, that's a unique combination, Mm -hmm. right, and a unique idea to do but even as you were talking about it, right, just now, right, it, it's it's almost like there there's opportunities to spark these conversations up or have those resources anywhere, mm-hmm. right? And what kind of better if somebody is dealing with you know alcoholism at times, yeah. right, or substance use, yeah. right, and they're going to the bar occasionally, but then there's a resource, a therapist resource, or mental health resources, or substance abuse resources right there. Mm-hmm. Like they, so that they know, or like when you know the NBA, the NFL does the gambling thing and they put the bets on it, but they also <sighs> the gambling one eight hundred underneath of it. It's like it's crazy, you know. That's a, that's another conversation, yeah. but I was just thinking about like how how inter how very unique that 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 idea was to meet that person where they were mm-hmm. at, regardless of where they were yeah. at along the spectrum. Yeah. So. Cause there were some folks in there mm-hmm. who was okay, but was looking mm-hmm. maybe thinking about it. But then there were some who needed yeah. it. Right. And we had to figure out how do we get them there? And maybe they wouldn't have sought that out mm-hmm. because they knew who you were. Yeah. Right. They trusted you. Yeah. They knew what you did. They would never came out. They never would have reached mm-hmm. out. And so I think that's where that kind of that unique dynamic goes into, you know, and it's a fine line, mm-hmm. right? It's a fine line, but I think it can be, you know, replicated and been done appropriately if you had the right people along on the side of you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so. And I think uh, yeah. another thing that's really important is understanding when it's time for you to leave that space. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, I think um, 2019, we did about 17 events. But in doing those 17 events and helping all the people that we helped, and this is right before the should I, should I avoid saying certain words like, you know, Panini Press, you know, because we all know what 2020 was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey. You say what you say. Okay, I've heard channels getting um, demonetized because of certain words. So it's like, it's, it's so, it's ironic how um, social media and media in general, when it comes to like YouTube, TikTok, Twitter and Instagram, they want us to talk about these very serious topics and they want us to make a difference in the community. But you can talk about something, but don't don't talk about the thing too loud. Talk about it loud enough for it to be acknowledged, but don't talk about it loud enough for it to be a topic, a discussion, and a deep dive, because then that might make yeah. the platform uncomfortable because for them they're like, well, the advertisement dollars, and it's like, well. It's freedom of choice, but not freedom of property, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. content is property. Pro- content is property based of our, off of our actual lives, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Things like that, are, to me, are always going to be interesting. Because like, in 2019, by the time we got to the end, I realized my team was exhausted and no one was talking up. And I was I was yeah. very big on, hey, if we're going to do this, 
please be honest with me on if this is too much for you, because what I'm willing to sacrifice, both of you shouldn't have to inherit that mantle of we got to do this zero to 100 every single time. Yeah, and yeah. in 2020, I, I think I did a really good job of, hey, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So it was, it was much easier. But B, if we're in the middle of the pandemic and I'm the only one that's continually making mental health content and my folks who I'm working with aren't making mental health content anymore, where's the fatigue now coming from if we're not doing in-person events? That yeah. makes sense? Because it's like, you can't help your community if you're not helping yourselves. You can't help your community if you're not looking out for the brother or sister next to you. You feel what I'm saying? You right. can't help the community right. if you're watching things hit the fan with the people that have helped you make something so beautiful, but they're not letting you know what's going on. So you can't actually help your own folks. And that yeah. was like actually a really it, enlightening process for me. Yeah. And I think the thing about that is that when we start talking about, and this kind of goes into the conversation around mental health advocacy, mm -hmm. right? And mental health, sprinkling mental health on different things yeah. where people think some of some people do it for buzzworthy type stuff, mm -hmm. right? And some people just do it just because it's the end thing to do, right? But never getting to the depth. Yeah. Once you enter into this space, it is heavy lifting, mm -hmm. right? It is a lot of work because now you're dealing with, you know, people and their issues, their problems, or their weight, mm -hmm. right? And if you position yourself as somebody who is a, a community group or advocacy group or somebody that's providing resources, that's going to also come with the, some of that weight. Yeah. And if you're not in a space or prepared to, you know, take on that, mm -hmm. right? Then yes, you can get, you succumb to some of the stuff that us as mental health professionals and therapists do, which is burnout or compassion fatigue, mm -hmm. or just wanting to lead the space altogether. And so talk to me a little bit about what does mental health advocacy mean to you, Juice Jones? Well, mental health advocacy to me is, <laughs> actually, let me give some background on advocacy. I think that's a really important place to start. So I'm born and raised New Jersey, Jamaican family, mm -hmm. mother, father, both Jamaican, right? Kingston, Manchester. So as a child growing up, I was raised in a hospital. And one of my first jobs, like one of my first official jobs, which was a volunteer job, was me in the summertime. I was a patient advocate at East Orange General Hospital from 2003 until 2007, right before I went to college, right? Mm -hmm. And as a patient advocate, it was my job to walk around to patients' rooms. And if they had an issue with the hospital and the client in terms of the patient who was in the hospital who's not doing their job, who's not taking care of them. When they called the nurses, did the nurses show up? Did they have an issue with the doctors? Writing down all these issues and dealing with both patients who were like HIV patients. And you know, right. HIV was a very sensitive topic that was not handled well in America at that time in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So hospitals mm -hmm. were more open to it and they were careful, but there was still a lot of discrimination when it came to folks who had HIV at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? There was still a lot of people dropping the ball and treating those people who had that as lesser than. So I knew what yeah. advocacy looked like up close well before we did get home safe. I already knew what the concerns were, but it was still a different space when it came to mental health. So when it came to advocating for mental health, I think 
the first thing that was necessary. Yeah. That's that's also yeah. another thing that I think people don't do that great of a job. Right now, mental health is a buzzword. It's it's the butter that keeps getting spread across every single slice of bread. And then you show up and right. you're like, hey, this isn't actually a real mental health event. This is a health event where you would like to have discussions and we're discussing mental health, but like there's no therapist on deck at this event. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I have folks who I'm doing events with now and I've told them, hey, you need to say that this is a mental health discussion. Just point blank here. This is a discussion on mental health. This isn't a mental health event where they can shop for therapists that they would like. This is an event that they're going to pull up and there's going to be a professional that they can exchange numbers and cards with and walk around, walk away as a different person. It's very important to let the folks know that before they get here. Because the expectation is yeah. if they see mental health, they assume there's going to be a professional who's licensed that they can sit in a room with privately and their privacy be respected and not be a public topic on Instagram or vulnerable. And I'm always yeah. like, the, all right, well, can you do that again? Can If you if you do it again, how's, how's it going to feel? Are, is everyone yeah. going to show up? The people that did right. show up, did you serve them? All right. Right. What's a good room that's serving the community and what's a room that's actually you just serving yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what advocacy became. Advocacy became, hey, are we being intentional about the rooms that we're shaping for people? And for every person that's showing up, are we is everybody getting served or are there people who are starting to collect in the corners of the room that aren't being served, but they feel guilty because someone's finally doing it and they're trying to be careful of asking too much. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you find that sometimes you find you do do an event and someone would slide in your DM a couple weeks later. Hey, I'm so-and-so I met you at the event that you did. I was looking for this kind of therapist and I wasn't able to find them or I was looking for a therapist, but this particular event didn't have a therapist. Can I get in contact with the therapist that you've worked with already? And then Because remember, I'm a two-way street when it comes to advocacy. So I don't just advocate for the client. I'm advocating for both the client and the therapist. I'd reach out to you guys and be like, hey, do you have any space or availability for another person? Because just just because you're a therapist doesn't mean you need to accept every single referral that's coming from my way. The question is, is your caseload really heavy right now? Or do you have time for another client? not even understanding what their situation is yet. And if you guys are a good fit. Yeah. You, but you know, what's interesting. I think there was a lot of leads mm-hmm. after the fact. Yeah. Right. You know, and I, I remember you have, you have a conversation. You got somebody in DC, you got somebody in Virginia, you know, uh, at the point in time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about that. Like, the and this is kind of also in the advocacy piece and and looking at that when you do mental health events if you don't have the resources for the individuals to follow up either there mm-hmm. or after the fact mm-hmm. no actually there yeah then you ended up losing mm-hmm. those leads or losing what could have built been built off so somebody might have came to that mm-hmm. event and maybe said i was never going to do therapy or do get help or maybe i don't need help mm-hmm. And then got enlightened right there and was ready to go talking about stages of change. Right. But then not have no place to go. Mm -hmm. And that can get layered because a lot of times for us as therapists and mental professionals, we might be booked Mm -hmm. up. And so right now 
there is more is more is more clients or more people seeking out therapists than we have therapists on demand in the first place. Yeah. So I think too, also from an advocacy piece too, as well, this is where it's not just therapy. Like we talk about support groups, we talking about advocacy, we talking about all these other things that have to also be in place mm-hmm. to help that person, you know, get the mental health support that they need mm-hmm. and then triage appropriately. We've had plenty of times where we you know, have conversations about triaging, Hey, what's the best op- option or avenue for that? And I'm talking about triage, meaning that, you know, we are assessing or talking about, you know, if it's a crisis situation, where does this person need to go? Yeah. Right. Or figuring out what this person needs in that moment. And again, mm-hmm. that's where the, the work and the depth of this type of work happens, where if you're not ready prepared for that. And my biggest thing is if you don't have something in place to where if you're doing a mental health event and if somebody comes there and they are, um, in crisis, mm-hmm. wherever that be mental health crisis or substance abuse crisis, mm-hmm. wherever they might be expressing thoughts about wanting to harm themselves, others, or just really down and don't know what else to do. If you do not have a resource in place or can direct that person to somewhere, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be throwing that mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you don't have that resource, I think it's okay to frame your mental health event in a different capacity. Yeah. That's that's also yeah. another thing that I think people don't do that great of a job. Right now, mental health is a buzzword. It's it's the butter that keeps getting spread across every single slice of bread. And then you show up and right. you're like, hey, this isn't actually a real mental health event. This is a health event where you would like to have discussions and we're discussing mental health, but like there's no therapist on deck at this event. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I have folks who I'm doing events with now and I've told them, hey, you need to say that this is a mental health discussion. Just point blank period. This is a discussion on mental health. This isn't a mental health event where they can shop for therapists that they would like. This is an event that they're going to pull up and there's going to be a professional that they can exchange numbers and cards with and walk around, walk away as a different person. It's very important to let the folks know that before they get here. Because the expectation is if they see mental health, they assume there's going to be a professional who's licensed that they can sit in a room with privately and their privacy be respected and not be a public topic on Instagram or Twitter two weeks from now. Yeah. 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 And yeah, because you make a great distinction and that's if they understand the dynamics. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think, a lot of times we throw out that word and we don't have a mental health professional on, on mm-hmm. hand to be there, whether that's community, community group or outreach, whether that's tech companies mm-hmm. or healthcare companies or big companies that want to talk about mental health, but don't have no mental health professionals, mm-hmm. but we go get the influencer yeah. who is only sharing their experience, but don't have a connection to a resource mm-hmm. or a professional. Yeah. And granted, all of these things are important, but if somebody is coming to seek, private counsel mm-hmm. a therapist or i want to leave this event knowing i have a resource or a list of therapists or people i can reach out to mm-hmm. which a lot of people do yeah they don't come to just just you know i've i've noticed and i've I've picked up on this they don't come to just leave yeah. and get that information yeah. they come to get that information and then leave with something tangible mm-hmm. a list a number mm-hmm. uh you I'm know, leaving. I'm leaving with something. I'm, I'm leaving, leaving with, with something. something. Yeah. 
Yes. And I think we we and, and we do a disservice mm-hmm. when we don't set it up that way. Yeah. And I and, and for and unfortunately, because of the people, the machines that have more money and the things that they have more access, mm-hmm. they have implemented this this type of style mm-hmm. and it just goes leads dead yeah ends. and they and then we just say oh well we had so many people here and it's like but who left feeling that i can go get help who left so who left knowing that they were as honest as they needed to be with you when they showed up you right. know what i'm saying because they're not gonna tell you every i'm I'm not gonna tell you everything while I'm mm-hmm. here, especially my deepest darkest. Yeah, story. yeah. But there are people, there are people who pulled up to our events that did that. You remember in the first yes. of in the first two months of events we did, there were folks who were telling me their secrets that were so deep and dark in such an open space. I had to start pulling people over to the side and saying, Hey, I'm here to facilitate yes. you having a conversation with the therapist, but you're here to shop for the therapist to shop for an opportunity to have that deep, dark conversation or that vulnerable conversation in another place that's not this. Today, you're here to shop. You're not here to spill. And that became something that we really had to like walk people through the right moment to spill and the right moment to like, just, hey, you're a therapist, I'm a patient. What kind of, well, not a patient, a client, what kind of therapy do you do? And that was something I had to also get educated on. Hey, am I am I sending you guys the right clientele? <laughs> like, hey, yeah. what's your well, specialty well, too? Right. Because remember we had that conversation. I had that conversation mm-hmm. with you. I said, Juice, listen, when you are doing this mm-hmm. work, you are an advocate. Yeah. Right. And people have a relationship mm-hmm. with you. And so you're going to have to set the boundaries, but also you're going to have to figure out how are you going to maneuver these conversations mm-hmm. because people see you as the face yeah. and they trust you, mm-hmm. right? When they trust you and they feel safe with you because you, you trust every guy you, I feel safe with mm-hmm. you. Um, you have rapport with you and I know, you know what you're doing. Then I may unintentionally, you know, dump right mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. And you wasn't prepared for that, right? But you're the only outlet mm-hmm. that I can reach out yeah. to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so um, that's why I remember we had that conversation. I said, you got it. You got to figure you this said, out. hey, it's coming. It's, it's coming. It's, it's coming. It's going to come. It's you coming. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And luckily and, for um, me, I was really prepared. I really was. I was more prepared than the average bird. Right, right. And I think you've been handling that really well. Mm-hmm. But again, other folks who you know are doing this type of work or want to do this type yeah. of work, you know, you have to be aware of mm-hmm. that because you just can't. And then sometimes I think we label it as mental wellness, but then we're just doing wellness, mm-hmm. and that's separate. Which is yoga, that's, that's, uh, yeah. sound bowl therapy, which is meant to be mm-hmm. therapeutic. And I think that not we. When I say we, I'm not talking about you and I. I'm talking about our community in general when it comes to mental health and wellness a lot of folks do a poor job of labeling things like, Hey, there's a difference between something that's therapeutic and what therapy is. So when folks ask me, Hey, what's therapy? I tell them therapy is the action and the art of your working through your pain with someone. And they are giving you the tools to either acknowledge the pain or the issue that has been in life or the problem that you're walking into and they're holding a mirror to what you have going on and saying, 
is this what you see from your perspective? Because this is what the world and those around you see it. This is why you're here. Now here's a tool that you can use, but this tool that I'm gonna give you isn't a, a one use tool. This is a tool that comes with practice. This is a tool that's gonna come with patience. This is a tool that's gonna come with awareness. And are you implementing that tool correctly? And understand, please don't use that tool for everything. Yeah, yeah. And see, I think when you start talking about that, you got to break down therapy mm-hmm. and what therapy is versus what's therapeutic, mm-hmm. what is going to be done in therapy, how things go in mm-hmm. therapy, because I think we did a, a bad job of kind of explaining what that looks like. And it's new to yeah. us, right? And so sometimes people will say, okay, well, Jim is my therapy. Well, this is my mm-hmm. therapy. And it's like, well, that's not therapy. That's yeah. therapy. You're, 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 you know? you're moving through the trauma that your body has built up from what you've gone through. That's what the purpose right. of everything that's therapeutic is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that and that's where you have to be. So I, I feel like there's still so much education around mm-hmm. it and the depths of it as far as explaining what these things mean and what's the difference. Like, okay, well, why would I go talk to a therapist? I'm going to talk to my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, your friend is not a non-biased uh, a person, a professional who is bound by a certain code of ethics and privacy and confidentiality laws mm-hmm. that we're not going to tell the next person. Or we're not going to tell, we're whoever. not going to tell your family. We're, gonna ha- we're not going to tell your yeah. family unless you like, unless you mm-hmm. want me to, but if you say no, I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where is this how the whole dynamic of um, understanding the differences and what that means. And here's the other piece, dude, there is also place for the advocacy, the support groups, mm-hmm. the things that you do, um, the other things that the well-being piece to help make that person mm-hmm. whole. Because again, mental health isn't everything that we mm-hmm. do. So if we have these things in place that are therapy, yeah. plus therapy, yeah. plus these other avenues, mm-hmm. then we can help ourselves be whole. But just to lump, I think a lot of times we just lump one thing into one. Yeah, <laughs> the meatball effect. Hey, put it all in there. Just put it in the yeah, pan. Yeah, put it all in there. Yeah, that's, that's mental health. It's like, what? That's not, that's, that's, that's yeah, yoga over yeah, there. Like, that's, yeah. that's therapeutic, but that's not, you're not dealing with the your negative mm-hmm. experience or dealing with your mm-hmm. anger. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and also, so, you know, there's there's another side to the coin that does need to be acknowledged, right? And that side is how much access do you have to a therapist a month, right? So if you have a problem that hits you up 57 times every week, right? Actually, let's do, let's just do 50 times a week, just so the math is simple. So you're dealing with like episodes, hopefully not episodes, because like if you're dealing with episodes on the regular, chances are it may be too late for a therapist to be a solution for what you have going on, right? And I think that's something that we could definitely spin the block on and come back to. Right. Because yes. <laughs> yes. yes. there's a difference yes. between you have a problem and an issue versus an episode. An episode is the extreme right. version of the build of what's happened over that time and place with the problem that you have and words are no longer getting through. And you are now having a physical or a mental reaction to that stress and what it's doing to you. You can have blackout periods that you don't remember what you've done. You can have people right. that you've hurt and you no longer see the issue with hurting people. That's more of what an episode right. is. Now, an issue, which is more in the therapist lane and what the work that we do is like, hey, you have a problem. You've reached out to me about the problem or you have a concern. Here are the problems that I see. Those problems 
don't belong to you, but they're currently a part of who you are and what's going on. How do we unpack this? And are you ready for the awareness of discovering this may be a little bit of who you are, who you've had to be because of your environment? That's different. (laughs) In episodes, Mm -hmm. because I know I got a lot of my professionals listen to my podcast and students and stuff. And and notice that definition I just gave you was coming from an advocate. That's that's a culmination of all the work that I've done when I explain it so to you're folks. Listening, so you're listening. So I, I want people to understand mm-hmm. who listening. You're listening from an advocate perspective and then also a therapist perspective. Mm-hmm. And so their definitions might differ, mm-hmm. but we still end up coming to the same, you know, same. Street, Intersect, you know yep. But it matters, though, because people define things differently mm-hmm. and professions and things like that differ. But this is why a collaborative effort is definitely um needed and so i also want to say to that too right mm-hmm. we start talking about episodes episodes can look like anything that we can have a psychotic episode mm-hmm. which is mean like your distortion of reality yeah where you're not you're not here you know what i'm saying you just you know you're you're not seeing things clearly um manic episodes which falls under the idea of bipolar mm-hmm. but there's also depressive episodes mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying where you're super depressed and down mm-hmm. I also wanted to add into that for my mental health. Those are mental illness lenses, mm-hmm. right? Episodes. Mm-hmm. But you could have a stress episode where you're so stressed out or overwhelmed mm-hmm. that you black mm-hmm. out, that you get angry or cuss somebody yeah. out. You can have those too. Those stress reactions, mm-hmm. right, can happen and then, you know, can lead to other things. Now, your 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 severity of, you know, rating around that, mm-hmm. right, Depends on if that therapist can help you within that first week or whenever it can get you in versus maybe you might need higher level of care, which is, could be something like a outpatient, intensive outpatient program mm-hmm. or an inpatient program yeah. or, you know, something like that. It's varies. And it's not, a lot of times that can get people like are at the end and it's like, I can't do much in that therapy session with you because mm-hmm. you need this level of intervention before you come and see me for ongoing, yeah. you know, help as yeah. well. And that also could mean that could be therapy mixed with support groups, mm-hmm. community outreach, things like that to help support while you're going through this, this healing process. Yeah. And so, yeah, and then, um, I, but we're not talking about that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Not, it's just like go to therapy or go this and do and, this, you know? So. And as an advocate, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering new territory of things that I have to advocate for, which, is kind of becoming full circle. There's this nurse who she's known me from um, stuff work that I did in 2020 during the pandemic. And she told me where she works now. There's been reports of security and police that are making fun of people that are having mental health episodes. And Mm. I was like, so the hospital you work at knows the security and the cops that they've hired are harassing patients that are no longer a threat to people that are currently restrained. And she said, yes. And I was like, there's a disconnect for me. If I tell someone, go get help. In an emergency, everyone ends up in the same place in an emergency. And the people in the emergency who, the cops and the security in that facility to me, they count as staff there are under trained or they're allowed to have this behavior with no consequences and no pushback. That doesn't make sense to me. I was like, mental health, whether it's popular or not popular, we shouldn't allow people like that to coexist 
with people that are trying to get help and they're allowed to just sit there and facilitate the self-destruction of a person who's looking for help. Exactly. And that, that demeans mm-hmm. that person and, and, dis- and then disrespects that person, I believe. Yeah. Um, and the, the help and treatment that they're trying to seek out, especially if they're under a, some type of hold, temporary detention mm-hmm. order or some type of psychiatric hold. Um, and, or maybe if it got to an extreme level where they are in restraints, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes into the conversations around ethical behavior, mm-hmm. not just from mental health professionals, but from those who support mm-hmm. those clients in those mental health crisis interventions. And again, this is the depth of conversations versus just the surface level dialogue conversations that we should be having. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know, yeah. right? Unless you've been in it. Like or, that or it's not popular enough for it to be had. And I think one of the worst things you could do is wait for something to be popular in order to speak up on it. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people, a lot of times, mm-hmm. too, Jews, people are scared of these they are. too. They are. Like, they're scared and they don't know, mm-hmm. right? And I get it. I understand it. But me and you know, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? I've been in it for quite some time. You've, had, you've been in it for quite some time. You've been a part of these certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing for us to talk about mm-hmm. it. But I think the greater majority too is also scared. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's just like a fear, you know? Yeah, I told uh, so. a lot of folks around me like, hey, whether I'm paid for this, I'm gonna stay true to this. You feel what I'm saying? We was getting it out of the mud a couple years back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I went from yeah, a 10-man exactly. team to a five-man team to just me by myself. But the messaging is still the messaging and the interviews I'm doing are still impacting people to this day. Like, there's a reason we got 220 people into therapy with the work we've done from 2019 to now which is more than a lot of organizations could say across different cities in America. So you said, so, so explain, explain that process. Cause that was one of your initiatives mm-hmm. around get home safe was getting people into therapy and getting them the help that they need. So you were providing support and space, mm-hmm. but then also the, the next step, which would be beyond mm-hmm. what you can provide, which is very important. Yeah. Because you're an advocacy mm-hmm. group and an, av- and an advocate, you can only do but so much and go so mm-hmm. far. Explain that initiative and how the numbers around how many people that you got in therapy within the last, you know, since you did, launched that initiative. So at first I was very, hey, we need to get every single person that comes to our event a therapist, <laughs> right? And yeah, then exactly. I had a reality check of, hey, everyone may not need a therapist. Everyone may just need someone to have a mental health discussion with. Certain folks may want to look for all other alternatives like certain people may want to just do yoga. Certain people may want the experience of having someone that does sound bowl therapy that's black. And ironically, most of the people I work with are blackity black because I'm in D.C. So a lot of my friends are black. A lot of the people that I work with are black. A lot of people that I bump into is black. So it's a black owned business, but we cater to everyone that shows up. We've never said you shouldn't be allowed to come here like this. This young lady the other day was explaining that my platform is made for black people. And I told her, no, my platform's made for everyone. I just happen to work with a lot of black people because that's what I'm surrounded with. Which is so, it's interesting to me that when people see your stuff, no one just asks you, hey, what is your thing? They make assumptions. They're proud of your work, but sometimes the assumptions get dangerous because it kind of cuts out a community. And it's like, no, nah, this is made for everybody. It just happens to be led by a black person, right? 
Right. And what I noticed, I think in the first year, we got about a little bit under 60 people into therapy. I no longer made the focus of we need to get folks a therapy. And I made the focus of what are we teaching and educating the people outside of them doing in-person events with us. And what I noticed was the numbers started going up dramatically when folks realized there was an education portion to what we're doing. So me speaking on depression and anxiety, that first, that second year, I spoke a lot on depression, and anxiety, what I saw, my experience with it, who I lost to it, why these things are important. And I started making tidbits of information in shorts that were digestible for people. And what I noticed was I started to get DMs from folks who were like, hey, I've experienced this. I really appreciate you making a video on that. Hey, I had a friend or a homie who went through that by themselves. Thank you for making that video because that led to me having a better understanding of their situation that I couldn't really relate to. And the thank yous turned into referrals. The referrals turned into people going down and getting therapy themselves. So usually from a business um, point of view, there were the therapists that I did work with publicly. There were therapists who I've built relationships with throughout the years. Miss Unique Jordan is one of those new therapists who she's doing an amazing right. job on her side and she makes great content. And then it was people going through their own insurance and getting therapy themselves. So everything that I did had a snowball effect that I didn't plan for. I simply just right. wanted people to be aware of mental health. I wanted folks to be aware of you can help yourself. But then even that became really dangerous in terms of you can help yourself because right now from what I see and from a society point of view, it's you have a mental health problem. You need to go get help. But like not enough people are talking about, hey, the person that you told to go get help, when they change as a person and they mature from all the sit downs and the sessions that they've been to, are you guys as a community around them going to be willing to be a part of the change that they need within their environment. Because usually when folks are asking other people to get help, it's usually your problem for us. You need to go do something about it. But what happens when the table turns and they're like, actually, it turns out you're a part of the problem too. You're a part <laughs> of the problem. Man, so for everybody that's listening out, uh, thanks about asking itself, okay, what is therapy and what does it look like sometimes? Mm -hmm. The self-awareness that comes from you working through the stuff that you work through mm -hmm. may impact those relationships that you have built with those individuals, loved ones, family, friends, colleagues, because now you are aware and you have, you know, grown and you have got some tools. Mm -hmm. You might realize that some of these people, places or things are also problems and you have to redefine that and that can change the dynamics of your circle the people or places the things that you interact with the things that you input into yourself that could also change change things and a lot of times we don't we just one thing about therapy we don't talk about and that's me not even just being a therapist and working with clients that's me also going through therapy and experiencing that for myself Getting therapy as a as therapist, therapist. yeah yeah and seeing how that evolved and changed some of my relationships mm -hmm. so 
you gotta be aware. The ones that say this, you need to go to therapy. This person needs to go to therapy. You, you be mindful. <laughs> <laughs> you might, you might be next. <laughs> you might, you be, might next. be next. <laughs> so you might be next. Oh, you man, they. That's one thing. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, and I also want to kind of piggyback real quick because I'm glad you said that people started. Um, looking at their own insurance to see what they can mm-hmm. get. It motivated them and inspired them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things that I started to do when I started doing speaking engagements last, probably last year or two, is I started incorporating, explaining insurance benefits, mm-hmm. if you have insurance, mm-hmm. um, with my speaking, like my, my people to come to these events, because yeah. a lot of times we don't know our medical benefits mm-hmm. or insurance, and we just paying for it every month out of check you don't know what you have until you don't ask know. don't know what yeah. you have yeah and so i said um you know i think my last week i challenged the group i said i want y'all monday mm-hmm. to go check your insurance benefits to see if you have any mental health benefits because sometimes you might be paying so much 200 300 a mm-hmm. month and they're saying they don't cover mental health services at all not even eap at times mm-hmm. which is employment assistance program mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying gives free sessions. okay definitions so, okay let's go definitions yeah. all right i see you <laughs> <laughs> Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it was a three prong approach. Some of which you like you said, you didn't prepare mm-hmm. for, but because you did that, that psychoeducation piece, I think is super important, um, in everything that we do, but I also want to get to this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do you feel like you continue to do what you do? And can you explain a little bit if you're comfortable around the story that, got you into this space in the first place um <laughs> so for the first question i i try not to be a prideful person i take pride in what i do don't get me wrong because if you're gonna wake up and you're gonna do this every day and you're gonna have it uh bother you at night and the reason that you're rolling around in bed mm-hmm. obviously you have an itch that you you can't scratch you gotta just do everything you can to take care of it right So for me, when it came to the mission of Get Home Safe, and at first it was just about mental health, but then we incorporated mental health and wellness, and then it became mental health, wellness, and community. And I'll probably explain that a little bit later in the interview. I realized, hey, man, whether I have 10,000 people in a room or it's me by myself, there's a message and there's people being helped. and Whenever I decide to leave the work that I do, that's on me. But while I'm still passionate about it and we're helping people and we're making a difference, that is your payment for the work that you've done. And it's very important to acknowledge that and understand, hey, when it comes to that pound of flesh, did you did you already have a need to lose weight anyway? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So when it came to... The content, which I think I've been a lot more aggressive over the last uh, three years, we're in 2023, I've been a lot more aggressive over the last two and a half years of educating myself more on what it is that I'm delivering. Because like, Mm -hmm. I am a content creator. If you look at my IG or my TikTok, I I make, I create content. I create shorts. I create long form conversations. Every conversation I do has a point. So I do sit downs with therapists. I do sit downs with folks in the wellness community because people don't understand what wellness is and what it looks like. And 
the best way to educate them on wellness is actually do a sit down with the person that teaches the class. Why are they in wellness? What are they looking to accomplish? Um, What have they done with the people that they've helped? What is the point of that wellness? What should you expect from them? I've done sit downs with therapists. And in the sit downs with therapists, outside of just figuring out what therapy is and what people should be receiving from the service, realizing as a patient and a client, you should advocate for yourself. And just because you're in therapy doesn't mean that person has totality and control over who you are. There's a certain amount of respect that is between the client and the therapist. One isn't above the other. You are both working together on the issues that you're coming across. One holding the mirror, one person being a part of the process and figuring out how do we reconcile what's going on and is this something that needs to be changed or is this something that just needs to be accepted because that's a part of who you are and and really Mm -hmm. that's the case of how it is for a lot of folks across the board um and then the community itself um when it comes to get home safe and when it comes to a lot of these mental health platforms i sometimes wonder are they or are we doing a good job of serving the population if we're not giving that population a voice? You've heard a lot of the work that I've done actually sitting down with people who have suicidal ideations and them telling their stories, sitting down with people who may not be aware, hey, I think I may have ADHD and I came across someone's content on Instagram for two years and the content was funny, but then it became relatable And then it became scary. And then I started having memories of running into these issues, realizing, oh, wow, I've had this thing this whole time, or I may have this thing this whole time. And now I'm living in fear for two years of getting diagnosed. Because, you know, things are really real when you get diagnosed. But just because you haven't gotten diagnosed doesn't mean the thing isn't there either. And right. and a lot of people struggle yeah. with that. <laughs> you yeah. get what I'm saying? It's still there. Yeah, There's no name. Yeah, and these these interactions. I've had so many interactions with permission, without permission. That whenever I leave, a I'm gonna leave quietly if I ever do leave. But b I would like for there to be a system in place for people to continue getting help and other people to make the content that I make. But there's just a lot of honesty in the work that I do. So sometimes. Yeah. Before we got on this chat, what's the discussion I had with you? Hey, we've been talking about doing a show for two years. Let's do a show together. (laughs) Here's the show. Here's the content. (laughs) Here's the breakdown. Here's the point of views. This is what's going to make it important. I'll do the research. You don't have to worry about it because the stuff is in front of us every day. So why not just fill that space? Because and a lot of work that we're doing, even with all the impact that we've made, there's a lot of gray area around us. There's a yeah. lot of unfulfilled space. Yeah. There's a lot of space that's not being filled correctly, but someone is trying. And that's important when people are trying, because when people are trying, I always ask the question, hey, with all the effort that you're putting in, are you willing to self-correct yourself or reach out to the right person to help you correct what you've been doing? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's... that that. Just everything in a nutshell. Hey, are you willing to self-correct, take it as far as it can go? And are you able to allow yourself to be satisfied with what you've done and not obsessed with what you haven't done yet? Because in this work, you do have to be present. 
You know, yeah, there's very pressing. you're not gonna win every fight. You're gonna lose most battles. But the question is, like, hey, I ask myself every day when I wake up, have you tried your best? Compared to like, you know, everything that I do with cloud architecture compared to the work that I do with content creation, I sometimes ask myself, hey, man, did you spend a little bit too much time doing content creation on mental health? (laughs) (laughs) Have have you gotten your your projects done when it comes to that cloud architecture side of things? And like, you know, are you creating harmony within yourself and your life and what's going on? Right. You have to understand that. Have you done it to the maximum level mm-hmm. and is there more right yeah and have you completed what you, you have completed your mission for what you've done in this space mm-hmm. right like you talked about earlier stepping out and removing yourself right from knowing when it's time to go mm-hmm. um you know that that kind of is a good gauge because it's like if i, if I think like i've maximized everything that i've done mm-hmm. if i contributed everything i've done um then i can really sit be, be, be with myself and say okay well I'm good with yeah. that. I'm okay with that. And um, it's something that I've contemplated around just, I, I mean, in the last year or two, I've had stepped back a lot, mm-hmm. but it's also because I've put in so much work and put up so much content, mm-hmm. put out so much resources. Like I've contributed, yeah. you know, and I've given what I can give. And now it's time for me to kind of, you know, focus more on me, more on family, yeah. you know, things like that. And let somebody else, my thing, and this is also the reason why I got into teaching. Mm-hmm. I want, to empower the next generation directly so they could take it even taking even yeah yeah you know and then also you gotta ask yourself hey man are you moving your own goalposts right is it's very easy to not be satisfied with what you've accomplished but you've accomplished the thing like, like yeah. he got well well i know i did it but what, what are you saying but i didn't hit this, yeah what, right what yeah, did you accomplish you what was tell me about those steps what got you there who did it affect do you understand the ripple effect like i'm not telling anybody to be happy or be super satisfied but but you do have to acknowledge like hey what this is what i did <laughs> and i and i did it well and, and look who it helped <laughs> Like, so what if it didn't hit that astronomical number you were looking for? Did it help? The work that we do is about help. So at the end of the day, did it help someone? Did it encourage someone? Are you bumping into other people in the community? It's not about the hues of skins. Are you bumping into other people in the community that are doing similar work? Are there people that are willing to ask you, hey, what was it like? Because they're looking to do the same thing and they admire the work that you've done and they're looking to do it for their community. Yeah. A lot of us, and you gotta uh-huh, no, no, go ahead. I was just saying uh, also you got to understand the work that you're doing in this yeah. space. This is not just a, I want to um, go get a couple of Starbucks coffee mm-hmm. and buy and sell really easy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do too much marketing and sales. Starbucks doesn't have no commercial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they just got the coffee mm-hmm. and that's what it is. This is mental health. Yeah. This is, vulnerability yep. this is darkest secrets type of it's people just not going to voluntarily you know get that and give mm-hmm. that you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. you got to also look at that as well too that's why i was yeah. kind of just piggybacking off and then like you know mental health isn't always dark stuff there's people who need right. therapists because they're too successful there's people who need therapists because like they finally got all the things that they wanted and the feeling that they're looking for still hasn't caught up to the accomplishment. 
You feel what I'm saying? There's people who are finally the heads of the families that they've always pictured themselves being. And now, hey, man, the picture is not lining up with my imagination. And this disconnect is starting to become an issue in five different places in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the branding of mental health is always something dark, but it's like, nah, there's as much light as there's dark in the picture. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Even just to be a better, like you know, a better person, mm-hmm. right? To just kind of address some of those things that you might be seeing that popping yeah. up doesn't mean you're in a crisis. It doesn't mean that it's like a super negative, dark experience. It's like I maybe want to just work on my intrusive thoughts, or maybe my, you know, just overthinking so much, or my stress management, mm-hmm. or I, I'm a new father, I'm a new mm-hmm. husband, I'm a, you know, I have a new house, I have a new career. I just want to be in my best mental shape too. Yeah you know, deal with all mm-hmm. of that, right? And that's one thing I preach about is transitions, especially for us as black men, but just transitions because a lot of times we transition in life, whether that's from, you know, graduating, getting to the nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, going to college, getting married, having a spouse, having a child. New, like, we don't talk about that. It's just like, oh, well, let's go do it. Hey, you know, and figure hey it out. man, <laughs> the best guy on our platform that talks about it is Kier Gaines. That's all I'm going to say. If anybody want to check out his channel. Yeah. He's great for the stuff. transitions. He's great for the boundaries. Unique's mm-hmm. great for the boundaries also. But as mm-hmm. a man on our platform, when it comes to mental health, he has done the best job of giving you the nooks and crannies. We don't need to know everyone's family secret or anything else like that. That's not the pur- purpose of the content. Right. But every time they do one of their sit downs, I warm up my popcorn or if I'm at work, I put it on the celly and I listen. Because yeah. there's just gems. Yeah. There's gems and there's honesty and there's the frustration of maybe I didn't get it right. There's the realization of maybe I have gotten right, but it could have been said better. There's also the moment when you realize, hey, I don't owe anybody outside my family and the person that I married anything. <laughs> yeah. At all. And that's it. And like, you know, what you come home to is what you were built to go home to because you've always wanted that. So with all the success and everything else that's happening outside the home or the lack of success, are you still taking care of the home? Exactly. Which that's going to be your home. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to come there. They don't, they don't care about all the other stuff that's going mm-hmm. on. Like, you know what I'm saying? They do, mm-hmm. but to them, they're, you know, daddy, mommy, you know what I'm saying? Husband, yeah. wife, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And I'm just saying, hey, hey, I'm glad and lucky I got to be, I get to be friends with folks like you, Kier, Unique, Christian hip because i've learned so much from you guys up to this point you get what i'm saying and i learned a lot without you guys too oh your boy be working your boy your boy be reading your boy be be talking to some folks i'll be oh all these sit downs but you know oh daniel too he's a no one new one in the fold that's the therapist whose interview is going to be coming out soon who's a family therapist but it's like you know the community you 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 get poured into your cup what you pour into the community Right. You feel what I'm saying? Are you are you asking? Because you know, closed mouths don't get fed. But are you asking correctly? Hey man, can I, can I get some more? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? What do you think about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, can I bounce yeah. this idea off you? If you got a chance, you know, let me know. So if not, hey, I appreciate you being available, and that's it. That's all yeah, we could do. Absolutely. That's all we could do. So that I hope absolutely. I hope that answered your question. Uh, for that first yeah, question, we're yeah. about to get into the second part. But for that first question, I hope that covered it well. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, definitely did. It makes sense because I like a lot. I think a lot of people want to know more about Juice and why he does what he does, mm-hmm. right? And 
why he continues to do what he does. And there's a method to the madness, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? What it may seem like madness, but it's like he continues to push and push and do this thing. Why? Yeah. Right. And I always like to understand why folks do what they mm-hmm. do. Now, you have a special story around that pro- propelled you. I know we got we got about 10, 15 more minutes mm-hmm. before we can transition out, but you care to share what really pushed you into Yeah, this. yeah, not sure. I don't I don't have an issue with it. Now, now I don't have an issue with it. Now just let you know, say no names whenever I say this story. But yeah. there was a young lady I was dating, my best friend, and she was dealing with depression and anxiety since the day we met. Right? And when you when you date someone who is dealing with that, especially as someone who has never experienced it on the level that they experienced it, for me, it was just another day in the office. I didn't see what the big deal was, but just because I didn't see what the big deal was didn't mean I wasn't willing to listen and learn and understand how it affected that person. And during the time that we were dating each other, even up to the breakup, where we were still friends with each other, I remember her need and want for finding a good therapist. And she was doing everything that I think the average person could have done. She had a self-care routine, big on bubble baths, uh, big on uh, aromatic uh, candles, big on, hey, you do need to go and have a good time. Because I'm a very uptight person, right? Like, am I strong and all this other stuff and do I get it done? Yeah, but like, uh, now I'm better with going out, enjoying myself, being around people if I have the time to. And I wasn't really a homebody. I think the way I was raised when it came to my mom in New Jersey, there was always something that we had to go do. And I think that yeah. made me less inclined to want to go out and have fun. Because if fun is always going out and executing a business deal, I don't want to be a part of that. Right. <laughs> I just right. didn't. Yeah, yeah. And when you you date and you experience people, you're always going to pick up something from that last relationship, no matter who you are. And I remember in detail her telling me about her struggle before we met. I remember in detail thinking to myself, oh, I'm lucky that I got a chance to meet and talk to this person because from what I'm hearing, they could have not made it to me meeting them in 2012. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, okay, I get to date this person. This is, this is cool, but there's always a little fear in the back of your head of like, you do when you're, when you date someone who struggles with suicidal ideation, there's sometimes is a fear of how long am I going to be able to keep them safe for? If we don't work out, are they going to be strong enough to stand on their own 10 toes? If life doesn't work out well for us, are they going to be able to see tomorrow without a cheerleader and someone being in their corner? Right. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in 2018, she lost that fight and I lost someone very important. Right. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, it gave me a lot of time to look back and acknowledge everything that we did together and it gave me an opportunity to be proud which i was already always proud of all the work that she had done to get where she got 
Yeah. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So when it comes to get home safe, therapists are the focus because that was the one missing piece from her fight. Now, I don't know if her having a therapist would have afforded her more time. I don't know how big of an impact it would have made for her. But when you hear someone ask for something and they're not able to give it to themselves for years or life gets so great that you sometimes misplace opportunities for yourself when everything's going good, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. in a lot of the work that I've done and that you've seen me do, I'm always, hey, why are we waiting until the problem happens to get help? Why are we waiting until everything right. hits the fan to inquire about resources? Why are we why are we so fulfilled with, well, nothing's wrong, so we shouldn't check it out? That's a that's right. a dangerous game. That's that's a yeah. dangerous game that's sold in America as the dream. It's fine, so you mm-hmm. can get to it later. And it's like, no, sometimes you should get to it now while you can handle it. Sometimes you should figure out what it is and what it's not before the people's voices that are in the room can't get to them. Exactly. So what happened was in that last year of life, this person who had accomplished being valid Victorian of their class um, had done an amazing job of working for two of the top five PR firms in the U.S. and in the world. I started watching them break down. I started watching what mental health episodes can do to a person. I started witnessing the other side of that coin that I had heard about in 2012, but I had never witnessed until 2017, 2018. And like, I I wish that on nobody. Okay. I'm just going to speak facts. I've never, I've never watched any of these movies that imitate someone's episode or someone losing their mind. And I've never seen that as entertaining. I've never seen that as as educational. I've never seen that as, oh man, that was an amazing scene. For me, I always see it as something sad because like I lived it, I saw it. I, I was in positions where that person going through what they went through started to transform in front of my eyes, not out of hate or anger, but out of fear of they were losing control And when you lose control and you go through episodes, depending on who the person is, a lot of what they're doing from what I've understood is they don't want to be alone in the struggle and what's happening to them, especially when they're losing understanding of why do people no longer understand me? You're supposed to have my back. You've agreed. I've shared secrets with you. I've had your backs. I've been your person. I've been your family member all this other stuff, why am I wrong now that I'm the one going through this stuff? So to tie that all in, the mission of Get Home Safe is to make sure that one day everybody actually does make it home safe. You get what I'm saying? One day, when you are home, are you home? Do you understand what home means for you? Do the people in your home understand the environment that you need? And are we willing to make the changes? I don't like to use the word sacrifices all the time. Sometimes it's changes. Not every change right. is a sacrifice. And also that's a perspective, but like, even if you don't have the resources, even if everything is going wrong in life, there are certain things that we do have control over. 
And are we exercising that control? And are the people around us that claim to love us, do they understand that the love that we need may not be the love that they are receiving? And if so, are people really willing to make the change that you need? True. True. So that's that's the story in a nutshell. Yeah. That all ties back and makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense um, as far as get home safe, yeah. the symbolism. And then also, I think, too, why you go so hard about this, mm-hmm. you know, and why you're so passionate about it. And I want to say to you, Juice, like, you know what I'm saying, that you're a strong brother, right? You're a strong brother, and I just, you know, admire your strength in all of this, in this work. And, you know, I already told you you should go ahead and just be a therapist at this point. But, um, You're like the 10th therapist to say that yeah, to me this might, year, man. Yeah, you already got it. Look, I, I, look, I will definitely give, I will gladly pass the keys over to you. Um, but I, I just want to say that I think that none of the work that you have done is not hasn't been done in vain. Mm-hmm. And I, I really see that at some point, like I said, it, it's going, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like you might get not, you might not get all the accolades and flowers now, but I'm just giving you flowers today, mm-hmm. but the, the weight and the benefit of it uh, will supersede what you, you know, what you might see right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to surpass you and in the years to come. And hopefully it can be models mm-hmm. that can be built off and, and really change the dynamic of the mental health system. You know, I'm a policy mm-hmm. guy, you know, I'm a overarching guy. Yeah. And these things are needed, but there's also needed for people who are genuine mm-hmm. and, and 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 authentic in the work. And that's one of the things that really gravitated to me too mm-hmm. is your authenticity and your genuineness. No, I appreciate that, I man. Do well, do well without you know people that's not in that because it's like I, I can't I can't see your motives. I don't know your motives. Mm-hmm. I know your motives are pure, yeah, and true. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I just wanted to let you know, man. Like I said happy and proud of everything that you have done and continue to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it does, it's not in vain. Mm-hmm. It's not in vain. No, I appreciate that, man. I just, I just know in life at some point I'm going to die in a valley of roses because of how many people have appreciated the work that I've done, how many people I've been blessed to meet in my life. And Hey man, life, life is a long place. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Life, life is a long place. You're going to, you're going to lose a lot and you're going to gain a lot. And at this point in my life, I really ask myself, am I doing the best that I can with what I have left? And am I giving the people in my life a fair chance to be a part of who I am and who I would like to be? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Love, love is a choice. And there's, there's a lot of hate and anger there, but love is still a choice. And those two things, they relate to each other. When you lose someone, when you gain someone, when you've experienced what I've experienced and when you've experienced what other people have experienced, it's very important to still say thank you for what you do have. Even if it's curses, say thank you for what you do have. Because like, as much as you appreciate me for being as strong as I've had to be, I keep in mind that I'm only as strong as my weakest moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely i definitely agree with that um and even in that right mm-hmm. there's there's strength in that strength in the weakness strength and vulnerability and i think 
that piece. And this is also why I wanted to do this interview too, because I wanted people to know more about you, the person, mm -hmm. not just the brand and entity of Get Home Safe, but you, who you are. Because a lot of times I don't think we get enough, we don't get the 30 for 30. We don't get enough <laughs> to later on. Nah, let's do it now, right? Yeah. So hopefully that, that can, you know, transpire to do other things in that. But Juice, I appreciate you coming on, man. You know, we brothers, mm -hmm. you know, our relationship is cemented, but just appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey, sharing what you do, explaining, providing definitions, going through the gamut, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Giving me a run for my money as a, as a therapist <laughs> as well. Oh, uh, over here. And I was like, as, as up, I was trying to keep up and I was like, man, nah, forget it. This ain't, this is his time. I'm, to, I'm not a therapist on here. It don't matter to me. Yeah. Um, um, but um, let the people know where they can find mm -hmm. you at. And then also, you can, this is your time to plug anything you want to plug mm -hmm. um, on the episode. Oh, okay. Well, if anybody's looking for me, I have a YouTube channel, Juice Jones Creates. I have an Instagram channel, Juice Jones Creates. We have a, um, a channel for Get Home Safe on the Juice Jones Creates page on IG that connects you to Get Home Safe. That's where all our short form content is. On YouTube, you get the short form content, the long form content. We have a lot of interviews that are coming out now that I'm doing my own um, edits. Shout out to me for working hard. <laughs> and I mean, you know, yes, uh, also, hey, you know, thank you to everybody that I've worked with up to this point, whether the relationships have worked out or they haven't worked out. I think it's it's a blessing for me to have met so many people and gotten so many lessons. And I'm only able to make it this far because at one point, those people were holding me up in life so that I could walk now. You get what yeah. I'm saying? A lot of people could have not believed in me and a lot of people have not believed in me. And I thank them for not believing in me. I thank them for giving up on the work that I was doing. I thank them for, you know, letting me down in my moment of trying to figure out how to walk because that made me more inclined to learn the lessons that I needed to learn early. So I don't need, I don't make the mistakes that, I can't afford to make now, which is really important. So, you know, just if anybody's looking for me, it's always Juice Jones Creates, spelled correctly. You're going to see interviews with folks that are going through it. You're going to see interviews with folks that are actually like therapists themselves. You're going to see interviews with folks that are in the wellness community. You're going to see my take on a lot of things. And this year going forward, I'm going to be sharing a lot of my opinion and for a lot of people, they're not going to agree with that opinion, but that's okay. Because what would the world be if we all agreed with each other? Yeah, absolutely, definitely, definitely. Well, my brother, it's been an honor to have you on here. Make sure y'all go like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any of your digital streaming platforms. We should be on that and comment on this episode. We'll be on YouTube shortly as well for Refresh Virginia, the full video episode of this whole thing, man. And like I said, you can go to his page on YouTube as well. <laughs> we both on each of his pages, so you can see us everywhere regardless. So um, y'all do that, man. But other than that, man, I hope that y'all have a great week and we getting ready for Juneteenth. Man. Woo! So Juneteenth is coming. Oh, man. Celebrate. Woo! And uh, since I'm out, uh, yeah, and I'm taking my, I'm, I'm calling my boss, which is me, taking my day off on Juneteenth because it's our day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, man, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for um, listening. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll catch up with y'all next time. All right? Peace. Peace. <laughs>